Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. I'm your host, Cade Walker, uh, and I'm back with the first episode of 20th and Blake of 2021. And today, uh, I'm going to dive into somewhat of a uh, controversial topic. Uh, It's something that has been discussed among Rockies fans over the past couple of months, uh, over a big portion of the season even. Um, and you know, around media circles, it's, it's something that's been brought up consistently. And I've even talked about it before on this podcast. Um, and that's what should the Rockies do in terms of their stars, uh, specifically Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. Um, and I think, you know, to answer that question and, and to understand like, you know, where the Rockies are going moving forward. I mean, that's that's really the entire purpose of, you know, trading your stars is to get ahead down the road. Uh, because, I mean, if you have a star right now and you're trying to win right now, I mean, then you don't give them up. I mean, that's, that's really simple team building. Um, but if you're going to trade a star, that means uh, one of two things. You're either trying to get money off of the books or, and or, uh, you're trying to load up on prospects, potential players down the road, um, something that may benefit um, you know your team more in the long term than uh, you know potentially just holding on to the starwood. So, I mean, really to understand like what the Rockies should do, what the Rockies are going to do, uh, it it's important to understand what the moves mean and. You know, what the direction that they'd be sending the Rockies in. Uh, so clearly, uh, the, the whole purpose of that was to to explain that if the Rockies decide to uh, move Nolan Arenado or Trevor Story, that would indicate a rebuilding period. Um, so before I talk about this, I do want to uh, just get into a couple of things. Uh, the first of which is just some news. Uh, Drew Butera, who I had some fairly significant issues with over the course of the season, Uh, the main issue being uh, why was he on the team. Uh, And I actually do know the answer to that one. Um, Originally, Drew Butera was brought to the Colorado Rockies to handle Adam Adovino. And, you know, that was, they had a pretty decent repertoire, and he was one of the only catchers you could catch, and Walters had a very tough time dealing with Adovino's movement. Um, and so Butera was brought in. Why Butera was brought back after Adovino was no longer in Colorado, um, that is something that doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, the very purpose of him coming to Denver, him playing for the Rockies, uh, was to catch Adovino, and now that you know that was gone a couple seasons ago, uh, the fact that the Rockies brought him back frustrated me a lot, considering he was a very significant offensive negative and um, not—I mean, not a particularly stunning defender either. Uh, Walters had a case at least because you know he wasn't—he what well, he couldn't hit. Walters couldn't hit very well, um, and you know maybe, maybe that's partially due to uh, what the the coaching staff of the Rockies had him do. Um, not necessarily try and hit the ball hard. Uh, But, I mean, at least Walters was a capable defensive catcher. Like, he was a good good backstop, you know. Uh, I I mean, he was still a below-average player overall, uh, below-average replacement player in terms of war. Um, Still, I mean, like, 
my my core my quarrel with both having Walters and Buter on the roster is that you're giving up a lineup spot essentially. Uh, you're playing one of those two, and you're you're giving that up every night. You're saying I'm not going to get any production out of one of my nine uh, nine spots. You know, in a season with DH, you'd want to maximize that at least. I I think. Uh, you know, in a season, I'm not sure what exactly Major League Baseball is looking to do. So. Uh, moving down the road, maybe they work in a DH into the next CBA. Um, so I mean, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I mean, the the whole point is, you know, you're throwing out these offensively worthless catchers, and I, and I um, I don't mean worthless to be brutal. I mean worthless in in the sense that they they literally do not provide value for you. Uh, so you know, you're throwing out these catchers that don't provide value for you. Um, and you're giving up a spot in the lineup every night. It's basically like throwing a, a you know a semi decent hitting pitcher out there every night. It's it's not much for you. So um, that was my quarrel with Butera. Um, and now that both Walters and Butera are gone, uh, the Rockies are left with Jose Brasino, who I've talked about before, and I I sort of like that pickup. I think it could be interesting. Um, and then. Um, Diaz, obviously, um, Elias Diaz and potentially even Dom Nunez might get some run back there. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, it's definitely a, a thin position group. Um, but I, I did uh, want to mention that news is that the, the Walters Butera platoon is split. Um, both of them not in Colorado anymore, and they're going to be replaced, uh, by, a, a, some, some combination, some myriad between, Jose Bersino, Dom Nunez, and Elias Diaz. Uh, so, Senzatella just settled today and uh, to avoid arbitration. He got paid $3 million. Uh, a few other Rockies players are due in arbitration. The Rockies have only ever had uh, actually five players go to arbitration hearings. Um, and so, with that in mind, I think the Rockies should probably make a deal with all of these guys. Uh, Kyle Freeland, John Gray, Carlos Estevez, Michael Givens, Robert Stephenson, Ryan McMahon, and Ramel Tapia are all uh, eligible for arbitration. So that's that's something to look forward to. And I think I, I'm not really sure. I'm not anticipating any conflict here. So uh, I am saying that just to get that out of the way. So uh, ultimately, I do want to talk about um, the future. Uh, you know, this especially this week uh, because. Francisco Lindor just got traded from Cleveland to the New York Mets. Um, so it looks like the Mets are loading up a little bit. Uh, but the important thing here um, is that Lindor got traded to the Mets, and he sort of uh, set a market for um, shortstops. And, I mean, I think with Lindor and Story being roughly equivalent as players, I mean... Uh, Lindor definitely has better name value, but if you look at in terms of production, they're fairly similar. I mean, Lindor probably had a, uh, had a story. I mean, one of the maybe two shortstops in baseball that can have a legitimate claim of being better than Trevor Story. But, I mean, at least uh, with this, a similar type deal, uh, you get a feel for the market value of a a top three shortstop in the league. You know, and with one of the best shortstops in the league completely off the market now... Um, Simple, you know, economic supply and demand. You have less supply, a little bit more demand. You know, you have a high-end shortstop. Uh, you have some really competitive teams looking for uh, high-quality middle infielders or at least 
specifically a shortstop. Uh, one of those teams is the Yankees, right? Uh, the Yankees are, I'm not sure exactly how their negotiations with DJ LeMahieu were going. Uh, one report did say that they were about $25 million off uh, in their negotiations, which is not a small number. So uh, potentially they, they might look to trade somewhere to uh, replace that spot. Um, so really the, the whole message of this, um, the whole idea of trading Trevor's story, um, this, this concept, again, I mentioned earlier, it would signify a rebuild. And at this point in time, looking on it, what's going around the rest of the league, a rebuild might be the direction for the Colorado Rockies to go. It might be the best direction. Um, for the franchise so and I I don't say that lightheartedly Um, I think the Rockies have had an opportunity the past few years they've had a window to be a competitive ball club and they haven't they've had a couple decent years right they uh, made the wild card game a couple times right Um, and and you know I mean it feels it feels like forever ago Um, long long year 2020 huh Um, but you know I mean it's it's crazy because you know the Rockies started out this last season like what eleven and three something like that. It, it looked like the Rockies were going to make the playoffs, uh, and and they uh, they they kind of collapsed, um, classic Rockies fashion. Uh, but I mean, you know, you're looking at a team with very high end talent. You had the best third baseman in baseball, arguably, probably the best. You have a an indisputably top three shortstop in the league, right? Um, you have, you know, a couple of all-stars. You had Dahl and Blackman, right? Um, Dahl wasn't great last year. Blackman was fairly good, especially he got hot and he was hitting 400 for a chunk of the season. Um, I mean, you have decent pitchers like Marquez and John Gray are decent. Marquez is uh, inconsistent, has some health issues. But, I mean, like Freeland had a, uh, has had a fairly decent start to his young career, except, you know, that, that one year where kind of fell off a cliff um I mean Senzatella is developing into something productive and I, I you know I think you know the Rockies had the tools they had the foundations to compete they had the best left side of the infield in baseball they had um two all-stars in the outfield yes lower level all-stars but all-stars nonetheless um, they had a capable if not dominant starting pitching staff but it was definitely capable um and they, they tried to have a good bullpen, right? I remember the, the, the attempt to build a super bullpen, but it just didn't work. Um, you know, so the Rockies had, you know, they had the pieces in front of them. They they, they could have done it. They could have made uh, a decent run. Maybe maybe they wouldn't have won, right? Obviously, that's something that um, it's, it's very difficult to do, especially with how competitive the league is now and how good these teams are at the top. Um, and how depleted the Rockies analytics staff is. So, I mean, I, I think if the Rockies really tried, if the Rockies really tried, they could have put a better product on the field rather than what they um, had been doing um, and, uh, you know, what they have been doing. So, you know, it, it's just something that I think um, it starts with ownership. And I think, I you know, I heard a discussion where uh, we're, we're talking about uh, the Monforts, right? And, I mean, the Monforts love the Rockies. You know, uh, it's definitely one of their most prized possessions. They they, they care about the team. Um, I mean, he, he 
wants to put on, uh, he is in Dick Monfort. Um, Dick Monfort wants to put on a good product and that, you know, that's why he's been building, you know, <laughs> party decks at Coors Field, right? And, you know, he gets criticism for that. But I, I mean, I, I, I understand the criticism and where it's coming from, but at the same time, like, um, you know, he's putting on a product. That's what his job is as the owner. Um, you know, he built McGregor Square, um, partially in tribute, but also, you know, it's part of the whole Rockies experience. Um, and my, my whole point with this is that uh, the owner is building a product, right? And the product is better when the product is higher quality. And that means directly in baseball when it translates to wins. And so far it really hasn't. And I think um, there's there's somewhat of a disconnect between um, either Dick Monfort's understanding of that or the front office and its capability to pull off um, putting together a high-quality ball club, a roster like uh, that that can win ball games. And, you know, I think looking at both Dick Monfort and general manager Jeff Breidich, that is both. Um, and you know what? Not, I don't want to say nothing against these guys um, because, uh, you know, Jeff Breidich, we, we, we can talk about Jeff Breidich all day, right? And how, you know, how he's built the squad um, and how ineffective he has been at being a general manager. Um, especially, you know, I think Dick Monfort gave, gave him the reins in some cases, you know, he spent so much money on the bullpen. So he, you know, it's not like the Rockies were unwilling to spend. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes maybe I think he, he might've been limited by ownership in terms of the, the moves he could have made, but still, but the moves he was allowed to make, the moves that he, that he did make were just not good. Uh, so now, you know, the Rockies are at a point where they have, um, one player who is one of the best players in major league baseball, uh, consistently has been the best defender in uh, at third base in Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, maybe Matt Chapman, but, you know, Nolan has been unreal. Um, you have one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball, top three. And yet, past these two pieces, you have virtually nothing. You know, it's funny. So I looked on the Zips projections. Uh, Zips is pretty decent, right? Uh, you know, you look at the projections for the Colorado Rockies. Um, and number one, Trevor Story projected uh, to put up four wins above replacement this season. Oh, good. Number two, Nolan Arenado. No way. 3.8 wins above replacement. Number three, um, this didn't really shock me as much because I understand Zips, the Zips projections are not based upon uh, playing time. Um, so they're not adjusted for playing time. They're simply, you know, they just take the numbers that these players have put up the past few years and um, you know, puts it over the the course of what is I guess the average amount of playing time for some for a starter level player. So, and and then they extrapolate that to get the numbers. So Story and Arnado at three point eight, four point oh, and number three, <clears throat> Colton Welker. Yes, Colton Welker, the Colton Welker that has not. Um, has not really played much for the Colorado Rockies, to say the least. Uh, he's projected for more wins above replacement than Ryan McMahon, Charlie Blackman, or Imel Tapia, David Dahl. I mean, David Dahl is still in the zip projections because uh, because this was before the signing. I mean, 
the third highest projected player on this team is someone who hasn't even played with this team, uh, very much at least. So it's that's kind of discouraging. And the WAR number isn't even good; it's one point three. So um, it it just reflects how top heavy the Colorado Rockies are. Right? They have really good high end talent. Like Marquez is a very good pitcher. He's incredibly underrated. Nolan Arnauto should be an MVP candidate. Trevor Story, I mean, he's close to even being an MVP candidate. Um, after that, it's a pretty sharp decline. I like Charlie Blackman, um, but at this point in his career, he can't play defense, really. So I think he needs. it's a time for him uh, this season. If he doesn't really improve defensively much, the... Maybe it's time for him to convert to a designated hitter because he can still put the bat on the ball uh, and very effectively. So, um, again, the whole purpose of this is to understand direction. Where are the Rockies right now? They're a very top-heavy team in a very loaded National League West. The Padres just traded for you, both Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell. You know, you, you look at the pitching staff over uh, in San Diego, right? You have Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Dinelson Lamott. Uh, you have Chris Paddock. And potentially Mackenzie Gore. Um, you have Mike Clevenger, but he's going to be there in 2021. So, I mean, you know, that's a, a, it's a staff full of really high-end pitchers. And that's nothing. The, the Rockies can't compete with that. They can compete with them offensively, potentially. I mean, they have Tatis, Machado. Uh, Rockies have Nolan and Story, right? You know, it, it matches up well. But the pitching staff, it's, it's not even close. <laughs> uh, Marquez is good. Freeland is good. Gray is good. They are not those guys. They are not Blake Snell. They are not Hugh Darvis. Hugh Darvis and Blake Snell. Blake Snell won a Cy Young Award. Hugh Darvis was in the conversation. He was top three in Cy Young Award. And I think, I mean, he had a very solid case to win. Um, so, I mean, it, and then also, you know, also in the National League West, you have the World Series champs, Los Angeles Dodgers. And you think about that, right? Um, you're in the National League West. You look, you have the Dodgers who have, you know, sitting over there with Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Corey Seager, Will Smith, you know, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Tony Gonsolin, you know, all these really good guys, really good players. And um, they might not even win the National League West. They just won the World Series. They are in, they, they might not win the National League West. You look at the Zips projections, Zips. Uh, their updated projections has San Diego as uh, the higher projected team. So again, you know, the Rockies are in the National League US, so one of the Padres or the Dodgers is going to have to grab a wild card, which is crazy to think about because these are both contenders for the World Series, and one of them has to be a wild card. And that leaves one spot for a semi-legitimate wild card, right? You know, more of a wild card level talented player uh, or, or team. So... What do the Rockies do at this point, right? I mean, do they gun for that wild card spot? <laughs> like, you have so much top end talent, uh, but there's there's such a gap. There's so many spots to fill. Uh, the bullpen is not good. The bullpen was very very bad last year, and there wasn't much done to improve it. Maybe Michael Givens gives it a spark, but I, you know, with not too much turnover down there, you can't expect too much different. Uh, with with the pitching staff, you know, you expect John Gray to bounce back, but the rest of the pitching staff was fine last season. I mean, Marquez was good. Um, Senzatella was was very solid. Uh, Freeland looked good. So, I mean, there's 
there's all, there's a very limited amount of spots you can fill. They need to shore up the bullpen. Um, they need to potentially add a, a, a top of the end rotation guy, um, someone like a Marquez, someone that can go win a playoff game. You'd be comfortable starting in a playoff game, right? And you know the playoff rotation now, hypothetical playoff rotation for the Rockies, would be Marquez, Gray, and Freeland in my in my opinion. So I think. You know, that's not something that you're terribly confident in because Gray and Freeland, like, you know, they have moments. They're good. They can be good. They just don't, you know. Can, do you want to roll these guys out there for a playoff series against the Dodgers? Not really. Uh, and, you know, you look at the Padres, they they cut it down, right? <laughs> they can roll out Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, or Donaldson Lamont, and they'll be just fine. Be very happy to do any of that. Um, in 2021, if they bring back Clevenger, that's perfect. So, you know, the Rockies are in a place where, you know, going for a wild card spot, going for the playoffs may not be something that is just in the cards for them. Uh, it may not be something that that would benefit them down the road or benefit them economically. You know, at this point in time, um, the one of the benefits of running the Colorado Rockies and, and one of the luxuries that Dick Monfort has is that how popular of a team the Colorado Rockies are despite the product that is on the field every single year. And uh, I, I, I be, I, I'm sure like I, he'd be even more successful if the Rockies were successful. I'm not sure what the revenue numbers look like there. Um, but hey, I mean, you have to understand what the purpose of building a team is. And the purpose of building a team is to build a team that can win championships. And I, I talked about this. I went on, I believe it was the DNVR Rockies podcast, uh, right before the winter meetings last year. With uh, So I talked to Drew Creaseman and Manny Randala. And, and we talked about this. And the purpose of building a team in sports, in professional sports, in college sports, um, in high school sports, it's to win. It's to win not just games, not just uh, you know a collection of games, but to win the championship in whatever respective league, right? Uh, like when I was in high school, uh, you know, my my junior year we lost in the first round. Um, I put up great numbers. I, it didn't really matter. Like you know, I was I was <laughs> like you know, the coach wasn't satisfied, satisfied, the athletic director wasn't satisfied, I wasn't satisfied. My senior year went out and won the state uh, state championship, um, and that was that was the purpose, right? Like that was the goal. Like the goal was to win. Um, no, I play in college now, uh, and you know I'd rather pitch twenty-five to thirty innings this season, right? And us, my team, uh, make a, a semi-deep playoff run, a very deep playoff run um, in in NAIA, and you know I'd rather do that, rather throw twenty-five thirty innings than you know go out there, you know light up fifty sixty innings and play for a 500 to sub 500 ball club um, or, or worse than that, something like that. But I mean, you know, um, I mean, that's, that's me personally, but I, and I think that attitude is something that someone who is building a team should have someone that is constructing a roster uh, because the, the purpose of building a roster is to win. Like that's just, that's common sense. Like that's the purpose of playing games in the first place and the whole purpose of baseball. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you're looking at team building, if you're looking at roster construction from the purpose of, hey, what do we do to get this organization a championship? How do we bring 
a, a championship? How do we get far into the far enough into the playoffs where it gives the Colorado Rockies the chance to bring home a World Series? Like how how can the Rockies build that roster to do that? And right now, with how stacked the National League West is, with how um, top heavy the National League is going to be for the next couple of seasons. And with how the roster is currently with the Colorado Rockies, uh, limited amount of prospects, or at least um, publicly popular prospects, not a lot of guys in the top 100 for the Rockies, um, with not a lot of replacement level guys at the major league level, uh, it may be time to prioritize down the road a little bit. Rebuilding, of course, is what I'm suggesting. I think this is an idea that uh, becomes more prevalent, and I think that I uh, believe in uh, more every day. Um, if the Rockies trade Nolan, Nolan has positive trade value. That's unquestionable. The no, the no trade clause that was put in there makes it a little trickier. But he has trade value, no question. Trevor Story absolutely has trade value. We just saw one of the best shortstops in the league get traded for a very, very substantial package. I think Trevor Story could fetch a very similar amount. Um, Charlie Blackman could even potentially have value, especially to an American League team where he could just DH. Um, you know, a team that wouldn't mind eating some of his salary. Because um, I, I don't think it's it's that much longer. So, you know, and, uh, you know, the Rockies probably shouldn't trade pitching, right? I mean, Marquez is great. I think they could get a decent haul for him, but he's young enough. Uh, where if the Rockies, you know, continue to ride this out um, for the next couple of seasons, uh, develop some prospects, once they start to be competitive again, the end of a rebuild process, um, I mean, Marquez could still theoretically and feasibly be a piece. If not, he could be dealt. But at this point in time, there's no reason to deal him. So, I mean, if, if you look at dealing your top guys, Blackman, Story, Nolan, it's not a surrender. Well, it sort of is, but you know, it's not okay. Giving up on these guys. We don't need them anymore. We're going to try and go, go win. You know, at that point, you're not, you're not pretending you're trading away your guys and you're trying to look good down the road. Um, and again, the whole purpose of team building is to win at some point. And it, the way that the roster is constructed now, it's, it would be very difficult to do that with how many constraints you put on the front office it will be very difficult to put together a contending ball club with only those two pieces. Because you need a really good bullpen. You need a really good starting pitching staff. One of the things I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, but I've definitely talked about to other people, is how important it is to have a really high-end pitching staff to win the World Series. Last year, the Dodgers won uh, with a very solid uh pitching rotation obviously right you know Clayton Kershaw Walker Bueller Tony Gonsolin um uh Julio Urias was fantastic um and you had the bullpen I mean Urias acted as a reliever some too so I mean their bullpen was great uh, and you know the Rays made it that far too with a fantastic staff fantastic bullpen uh, pitching is so important uh and you know you don't really get rid of pitching pitching is such a premium you don't really get rid of it unless you can't use it 
like the Mariners with James Paxton a couple of years ago. They couldn't, they didn't, you know, benefit from holding on to him as much, um, so they could afford to give him up. So, you know, there's very rare circumstances. I think pitching is such a premium, especially in a trade market. Um, and which is why I think the Padres offseason was brilliant this season. So, I mean, you look at how important pitching is. You look at, at the premium cost that, that it is. Um, and the Rockies don't really have enough of a, a premium pitching staff to build around. So if the Rockies can trade their main guys that have trade value for prospects, specifically pitching prospects, um, I, would, I would prefer pitching prospects, that is the beginning of high-quality team building. And, you know, there's there's a lot more to, to talk about more in depth on this subject. It's very nuanced. Um, but just to, to break it down very simply, the process and the purpose of team building, roster construction, is to win a championship. I've said that a couple, um, many times. It sounds like a broken record. And the way to do that is to build the, you know, the, the core of your team. Um, and, you know, in college... Um, they they call it I, I don't know they don't really call it anything but you know it's the row up of the middle of the field um, and that's where the college programs give their scholarship money to you know your pitchers first your catchers next then your middle infielders then uh, your center fielder right you kind of focus in the middle of the field those are the more important positions um, so again if, you, if you're looking at team building you start there um, Rockies are fairly empty uh, not not in the middle infield, obviously. You have Trevor Story at short. But, you know, in second base, kind of up in the air. Center field, definitely up in the air. Catcher, very up there. There's so many holes to fill before this roster becomes a uh, contending team. So, with so many holes to fill, um, not going to be able to do it in free agency, not going to be able to do that all in trades in one off season. Uh, it would be doable, but very difficult, and it doesn't seem like the front office and the ownership is going to be doing something like that. So, um, And there's no historical precedent for this organization, this regime, to do that either. So at this point in time, it, it, it is best for the Rockies to uh, be able to invest in the future a little bit. Uh, and it's a tough pill to swallow, considering how uh, amazing it is to watch Nolan Arenado night in, night out, do incredible things. Uh, watch Trevor Story go rake. Um, but at this point in time, it might be the best thing for the Rockies to look ahead to the future. You know, you trade Nolan Arenado. You actually uh, you clear up some time for Colton Welker, right, who, uh, according to Zips, is the third best player on the team. <laughs> uh, you trade Trevor Story, you might be able to give Brendan Rodgers a shot at shortstop, right? I mean, he hasn't been able to get consistent playing time. Um, and maybe consistent playing time will cure his woes. I mean, you know, it's something that I think – you know, the Rockies can get more guys rotated in, see what they actually have um, instead of being stuck with a logjam that they currently have. So uh, there's merits to it, uh, and I think it, it might be the time to rebuild. So uh, the, let me know your thoughts. Tweet at me at C. Walker. I know some of you are definitely going to disagree with me. It's um, That's fine. Like, I understand that. Uh, but again, I mean, in my... <laughs> In uh, in my interpretation of team building, that's just it's just the move forward. That's just um, it's just how it goes. That's uh, Major League Baseball is a business. Um, baseball is a game. Purpose of the game is to win. The purpose of 
businesses to be successful and put the best product out on the field. The best way to do that is to win. And how to do that is to construct a complete roster. The Rockies are not a complete roster at this time. So again, um, yeah, thanks for tuning into the 20th and Blake podcast. Again, I'm your host, Cade Walker. Um, have any questions, concerns, disagreements, tweet at me. Uh, thanks again for listening.